Hello and welcome to Sporting Directors Corner here on Get Football Plus. My name is Shailash, I'm the CEO at Get Football Group and I'll be your host alongside my good friend David. David, how are you today? I'm well, Shailash, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, David, I'm good. Um, just before, before we get into it, we've had a couple of um, questions asking you know, about the show and, and what it's for and who it's aimed at and I think we what we're trying to do here is we're, we are trying to look at football you know, in the context of sporting directors, right? We're trying to delve a bit deeper into this kind of multifaceted role and, and look at its impact across football. You know, we're hoping that we can inform, educate, you know, ask some thought-provoking questions to maybe give that deeper insight that you may not see elsewhere. You know, firstly, we just want to say thank you guys for being here. We really, really appreciate it. You know, please give us any feedback. Let us know how how we're doing any topics or conversations that you'd like us to to delve a bit deeper into um, today david what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to look at club culture club identity and we're going to reference bayern munich a bit because we think that club you know can help us talk about it and we can dissect some elements of that so just starting off david you know when we talk about culture and identity can you kind of give a I guess a thirty thousand foot view of what what you what you're thinking, what you're seeing that means for football clubs, and you know what that would mean, for, I guess, for a sporting director. Yes, so it. Um, I've used the phrase in the past. Uh, I got to be careful how I use it because it's very abstract. But being a sporting director, uh, it is it is tangibly intangible. What does that mean? It means that you know what needs to be done. However, there is not a set in stone way of doing it in each club, in each window, in each league, in each market. Um, it really boils down to your ability to communicate, to lead, and to get a group of, of people to understand what your club's mission or objective is. Uh, as a former athlete, the, the, the teams that... Um, the teams that I played on that were the worst, and I played American football, just to be clear, the teams that I played on that were the worst are the ones who had, <laughs> I say this somewhat lovingly, had 30 or 40 uh, marauding mercenaries. All we were trying to do was to play, to get paid, and to enjoy the moment. Take a step back, and if you think about that, uh, how many clubs worldwide uh, pretty much operate that way. Believe it or not, the majority of them, in my opinion. When you have a sporting director or director of football model, what you are, in my opinion, what you are trying to keep in place is someone whose main responsibility is to have a very certain idea of what your club stands for. Um, to me, what, to use current clubs in a sense, what Sevilla stands for is very apparent. What FC Nordschelen in Denmark stands for is very apparent. Breidenhoven all beyond, very apparent. The other quote-unquote side of the coin is what PSG stands for is very obvious. What Real Madrid um, is about is very obvious. And when you can hire and recruit not just players or not just managers, but technical staff and support operational staff who understand that and align into that 
um, I'm going to call it culture or identity. It's not always instant, but that's when you have success or failure, failure, excuse me, that is measurable. Uh, that makes sense, David. And, you know, thanks. Thanks for giving that clarification. When we then, I guess, that's, if we take it into Germany a little bit, um, the sporting director role or director of football role is obviously a very prevalent role within a football organization. Maybe they are, I guess, one of the, I guess, pioneers of that structure, maybe we can say. But if we were to look at, I guess, the individual clubs, I mean, when you talk about identity and culture with the sporting director's lens on, how would you, say, differentiate a club like Bayern Munich, which is, I guess, the powerhouse of Germany, to maybe one of the other clubs, you know, RB Leipzig or Dortmund? I mean, what would you say are the biggest differentiators in the way they operate? Yeah, it's a great question. And um, from what I can see, I mean, I'm not in Dortmund, I'm not in Munich, I'm not in Werder, Bremen, you know, I'm not in Bavaria. But from what I can see, club culture and club identity, you know, let me let me take a step back. I think one of the most uh, ironic, but also farcical uh, ways of looking at football is that ego is bad. Um, it's not. In fact, ego is very, very important. And when you compare clubs that are at the top financially and obviously on the uh, you know the table, you know standings, winnings wise, Bayern is in a very different neighborhood compared to Schalke, compared to Union Berlin, compared to um, even ironically Borussia Dortmund. The difference between those clubs, just as far as they all have a similar model, as far as um, a technical director, or some of them have a sporting seat. They have a, a, a CEO and a director of sport and a sporting CEO and academy directors. Um, again, that usually falls down to resources and the, the scope of the cup. Uh, Wolfsburg has a completely different setup than, say, uh, VFL Bochum. It's just different. They have different resources at play. The thing about German football that personally I like, but also you can see the undertones very clearly is that no matter what your resource um, basis is, you have to have a clear identity to consistently get somewhere. And Bayern has a clear identity. Uh, Uli Honus and Karl Heitz, Rummenigge, uh, they, they have a very clear identity of how decisions are made within their board and their sporting, let's call it sporting uh uh, technical tree, I guess we'll say technical tree, but then they also have results that are, I mean, results are very important. They're very important, but at the same time that their culture, who they identify with and how they win is of the um, utmost import importance. Make no mistake about it. Uh, Bayern Munich winning because Dortmund lost doesn't sit well with them. It, it doesn't sit well with them at all. And that difference alone, that last sentence I said alone, is the difference between Bayern Munich and the rest of Germany. Right, I understand. I mean, we missed out Franz Beckenbauer in that, I guess, elite elite list of uh, of names that sit on that, I guess, supervisory board. Um, and then when we, I mean, obviously the last we're recording this um, early June, you know, and Bayern obviously won won the title, and then. I guess in the celebrations, or if not 
long time before, you know, they obviously made some big decisions in in uh, removing, you know, the CEO as well as a sporting director. Um, what 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 do you think of that approach? I mean, what what uh, you know, it, it obviously wasn't a knee jerk thing. It's probably been sitting there for a while, but I'm just curious as to why you thinking that kind of um, well, I guess that kind of thing happens. Yeah, it. Um, if you if you take a step back and you weigh reactions in it, let's call it a celebratory mood um, compared to expectations of those who are a member of a family, a club, a business, whatever, what have you. You, you start to you start to piece together a reality as far as what those in different parts or different um, departments of a organization, what they expect. An expectation is the beginning of clarity as far as um, football, business, you know, relationships, right? Because this, at the end of the day, I mean, um, being a sporting director, world football is not football manager. Uh, football manager is a great game. It's a, a great concept, but you're still doing dealing with blood, guts, and emotions. So when you hear uh, Thomas Muller saying, what, you know, uh, Hassan's been fired and Oliver's been fired. Oh, wow. Well, we, we, we can talk more about that tomorrow or whatever. When you hear uh, Joshua Kimmich saying, you know, quite rightly, maybe, hey, they could have waited two days to make this announcement. You know, we just won the title. What I would say um, from my very removed but also appreciative um, view of the dynamic of leadership in those contexts is that the sooner you make a decision to protect and to, to launch your identity as a club, as a business, as an organization, the longer you get to enjoy the fruit of those decisions. And... No, it was not pretty. It's not. I mean, I think it was maybe ninety seconds um, after it was official. After um, you know, D uh, Dortmund wasn't able to beat Mines, and Bayern is watching. You know, every all the players have their phones. They're all looking at the, the the scoreboard, and it's official. You start to see trending on Twitter: Oliver Kahn, Hassan uh, Salahamidzic out. And in my opinion, or you know, in my view, I'm in the States, I'm behind you guys time-wise. You know, my first thought was, wow, this has been in the works for weeks because you cannot make that level of a decision with that speed, even if it's a rumor by waiting for Borussia Dortmund, waiting for someone you do, you do not control to make a move or to fail in that regard. Um, let's be clear. And like I said at the top, at the end of the day, it doesn't sit well with Bayern the supervisory board doesn't sit well with Bayern uh, fans, doesn't sit well with Bayern leadership that they had to wait until the last minute. Think about that. 38 match days, they had to wait until the last minute of the league to be crowned champions. 11th time in a row, nonetheless, but that is unacceptable. And like I said, when, when you as a club can understand and embrace who your identity is, what your culture is, it's not about bank accounts. It's not about headlines. I mean, to a certain degree, it's not even about supporters. I mean, I know that might be 
um, you know, blasphemous to say, who are you as a club? Whose responsibility is it that we had to wait until the 96th minute of somebody else's game to be crowned champions? <laughs> they made that decision weeks ago. Yeah, they did. And it feels like a a real political move, right? You let, Let's bury the bad news with some really good news, right? So uh, it's it feels like one of those situations. And it doesn't feel to me like Bayern Light's giving out bad news because they want to be seen as this club where things are good, right? So um, looking looking a bit deeper into to Hassan Salihamidzic and, and not so much about the man, but more about sporting director attributes. I mean, how, what kind of attributes or the persona you do you need to have to kind of fit into the structure that Bayern has? Um, you know, don't want to kind of speculate on names or anything, but I'm just curious as to what do you think he was bringing to the table in terms of those personas or attributes that allowed him to kind of fit well? Because he was there for, what, five, six years, right? It wasn't like a short short stint there. And, and even previously when that Mata Sama was there as well. I'm just curious as to what kind of person fits that kind of role in a club like that. So it's, to me, it's clear. Uh, you, you have to be someone, you have to be someone who uh, quite frankly has a very good grasp of German. I mean, Rummenigge has pretty much made it a point to say mm-hmm. that it's most likely going to be a German who would be the sporting director. However, and this is where it really depends on the person. You you have to be very, very good. You have to be elite at relationships. Elite. Elite. Um, I'll say it again just for emphasis. You have to be elite at relationships. Uh, Hassan was very good at relationships, uh, but you can also see in just how things fell apart with Hansi Flick, how they were, let's use the term, mended when they brought in Nagelsmann, Julian Nagelsmann, but then also how it unraveled spectacularly uh, with Nagelsmann and how they brought in Tuchel, uh, there is a a overwhelming necessity to understand people. I don't necessarily think that needs to be from a former player's perspective or a former manager perspective, but you you have to have had experience at the top or close to the top in world football to appreciate the relational side of it. Um, German clubs, uh, especially Bayern, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I, I shared a thread about it. It wasn't just Hassan Salahamidzic making decisions. Marco Nepi has been there a while. Um, he came from Bayer Leverkusen setup. Uh, he was head of recruitment. You know, you, you're going to have infrastructural support. You're going to have um, knowledge, manpower that allows you to focus more so on the relationships. That being said, and this is probably not the best example, but it, it, it rings true in my mind. You need a sporting director with Carlo Ancelotti's ability to manage relationships, but then also enough. I don't know where, what enough is, but enough technical and recruitment nows to be able to find players. And that is where, you know, recruitment is hard. Um, or to me, recruitment is even harder when you're trying to find the person who's in charge of recruitment, because there's so much that you will never know until they're given the keys to the kingdom. Um, but Salahamidzic, for my for my opinion, from my point of view, 
the margins are fine. They're they're very very slim with him. Um, not having a manager that had alignment with the board and with the players in the um, the changing room, and maybe that's a, maybe that's a a topic that's not talked about enough, especially at bigger clubs, especially at the the Bayerns, the the PSGs, the Chelseas, the Manchester Cities, the Juventuses. Those players are not, you know, 18, 19 year old wonderkins, right? These are global multi-million dollar or euro uh, or whatever currency um, icons. They have a say. They they don't, they're not going to tolerate rubbish, right? So to me, you have to, you have to have somebody who is one of a kind as far as being able to lead, but then to also listen. Because you have to listen to the board. You have to listen to the manager, obviously, right? But then you also have to listen to the players, which means, and I, I laugh in saying this, when you when you have to listen to the players, you have to listen to the players, the players' wives, the players' families, the players' inter- intermediaries and representation. So you're doing a lot of listening, a lot of listening. Yeah, it, do- it does feel like he was probably being squeezed, maybe with Oliver Kahn, with... You know, from above as well as as well as below. You know, with I guess Bayern men, I guess you would call them like Muller and Neuer, and their voices becoming more prevalent, prevalent. You know, and then maybe with the noises above as well, and also with how tight the title race was, right? Which is probably unusual for them to experience. So there was probably he's being squeezed left, right, and center. But just on on a slight tangent, I mean, he was an ex-player, seen as a legend in in many eyes, in many ways. I mean, Bayern's littered with ex-players, legends across their ownership structure, I guess, or at least maybe not ownership, but more in terms of influence in, in how the club is operated. From a sporting director's point of view, is it would you add extra weight to being a, a player, a legend? Would And maybe would some people offset that you might not be able to handle teams that well or something because you know they're a legend? Do, do, do you see what I'm getting at here? Do they... Will they give them a slight advantage for them to come in and do that role if they were an ex-player? It's a good question. I I think that it it really just like majority of my answers it always boils down to the club, right? I mean, if you're a legend at Bayern, that's a completely different conversation. If you're a legend at Hertha Berlin, hmm. right? Agreed. You know, agreed. Um, it, it, and at the end of the day, for me, um, you, you have. You have to have results, you know, like when I say results, I don't mean, you know, you had to have uh, trophies and, you know, Pokal Shields. That would be great. Honestly, that'd be awesome. That'd be validation to a degree. But you have to have I I said at the top it's the most tangibly intangible role, um, visible role um, in a club. You you need somebody who. um, Let me let me start over. The, the sporting director role, if you're a former player or a manager, it, it can be a very good, um, let's call it, segue into that role. However, ego plays more into it than, you know, what we would like it to be, usually. And the thing, the one, the one I'm, I'm going to call it a, a criticism, but it's more so an observation. My one observation consistently on uh, Hassan is that 
he very much has the bravado and the aura of a player still. And that is not good or bad. Yet when you're in a leadership role and you're in a very top heavy changing room, you have Thomas Muller, you have Manuel Neuer, you have Leon Goretzka, you have Joshua Kimmich, you have in the past, you have Robert Lewandowski. When you have these level of names, you you sometimes need to, and I, I think of this word every week when we talk, <laughs> I know it's a bigger word, you need to sublimate yourself. In so many words, you need to be able to take a step down on the ladder when you're around people of import, um, players of import, and still have conversations with them where they think, at least where they feel they're of the utmost importance. If you meet them chest to chest all the time, when things aren't going great is when you're going to see the, the cracks in the foundation. And I don't, I didn't always get the sense that Hassan would take a shotgun or even a backseat to the club, to that situation. Um, he would lead with very much an iron fist. Uh, he'll at least communicate. Maybe that's a better word. Communicate with an iron fist. And that has its, it, there's a timing that's necessary to that, that, I mean, quite honestly, not to be overly critical, you can see that Uli Honus and Karl-Heinz Rummenigge have nailed they, they, they are talking about a coup, a takeover at a club in less than a week. And everything that you're saying, everything that they're saying, we're eating out of their hands. Why? Because they're, they're, they know when to lead and they, they know when to step back. I don't know if Hassan picked that up. Um, I don't know. But I, I wouldn't write him off because he is savvy. Yeah, I mean, it could, it could just be a cycle thing, right? I mean, maybe... maybe... Those guys at the at the board level have recognised we're coming to the end of a cycle, or maybe there's a new, there's something new that we need to consider. Maybe outside of just the Bundesliga, right? You know, we spoke off off air about happenings elsewhere in in other leagues where I guess the money is a bit more prevalent or, or bigger. And how does Bayern still? I mean, they're, obviously they're a very run organisation. I think you know when you look back at some of their I guess financial side, they always seem to be very, very well run in that respect. You know, and even from uh, transfers and outgoings, I think you had a you had a thread on Salihamidzic. You know, he's he's got a very good record of taking players out of the club and and bringing in money. But do you think some of the reasons why they're making changes are also due to factors outside of the Bundesliga? I mean, that's a bit of a tangent from a sporting director, but I guess that does feed into it because maybe the next hire. Do they need to be more aware of that also? I mean, how aware do you need to be of other leagues and what's happening in there? So I'm contrarian contrarian on this. I I think you need to have an awareness, but I think it's overrated. When you hear about cycles or windows or, you know, we have such and such on a contract, it doesn't expire till X date. For me, that's media fodder. The best clubs, the best run setups, the best sporting directors, the best ownership groups know that it is not about any of that. Primarily, primarily it's about club culture. Who do we expect to be and who do we hold ourselves to be? Um, I said it previously, Bayern probably, the, the, the leadership, the board, they probably made this move April 1st. 
right? I, I mean, you don't have you don't have decorated and um, respected journalists in Germany tweeting out uh, two prominent figures of a club being um, ousted from a, from that club who just won the title within ninety seconds of the league being over, unless it had been brewing. Uh, to me, it's not going to be about if you can get messy, right? Like if you can get, like. Um, to talk about you know other clubs, other leagues to a degree, there's there's talk about um, uh, Barcelona potentially getting Messi back, him going to Inter Miami, all these machinations. We talk about Tottenham, and you know does Daniel Levy still have it? Um, we talk about uh, uh, Luis Enriquez. We talk about uh, Napoli. We talk about all these different situations where. There's comings and goings, transfers in, transfers out, players not renewing or players not wanting to sign a new contract. Club identity is first and foremost the sporting director's first port of call for me. And when you have a director who understands that linked with a manager, or sorry, linked with an owner or a board who understands that, you get, um, I tweeted about it and there'll be more coming forward, you get uh, Aurelio De Laurentiis at Napoli is saying that, hey, Spalletti wanted a sabbatical. He can have a sabbatical. We'll get somebody else. Because it's not about Spalletti. It's not even about um, Aurelio De Laurentiis. It's about Napoli. How do we get the next best person to lead this project, to lead this journey? Um, I guess my, my club to flog this week. <laughs> <laughs> my club to flog this week in a sense will again be Tottenham in a sense that you you know you know that if you want to get a legitimate manager um that is of the ilk that you aspire to be, you have to have that infrastructure in place, right? Because you need a manager and you need a sporting director. Guess what? You're not gonna get that person in eight weeks. Most likely, right? You know, you need to be doing that work last July. Let me rephrase that. You need to be doing that work around the calendar. It does not stop. Um, outside of the top five to seven or eight clubs in the world, in Europe, I'm going to be careful, in Europe, you, you're always poached. You, you can always get poached of your best talent, technical talent. You should always expect to get poached of your technical talent. So if you don't have the processes in place to find that next um, manager to find that next director, you know, you, you step into a situation where going back to Germany, I'll bring your question back to Germany and Bayern. Yes, they have a lot of uh, financial clout. Yes, they have uh, the most decorated club in Germany. Uh, but with the 50 plus one structuring uh, of the league of, you know, the country when it comes to football and, and support ownership, you know, that balance only so many times can you say, hey, we're Bayern, um, come work for us. You will never get a better, another better offer. Right? You know, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, you, you have to have processes and you have to have, a, I'm going to call it a, a, a culture of not bureaucracy, but a culture of planning. You know, that that is where you win, that you, you win long term by focusing on what might go wrong. It's, it's interesting because because Bayern are used to winning, right? I mean, 
you know, we always talk about winning and that is a marker of, of success. So I can only I can only imagine that you still have to keep churning to stay ahead of the game. And Bayern have done it in quite a ruthless way this time, it feels like. All right. But um I guess clubs generally would always do that and sporting directors, I guess, they I, in many ways, they'd be part of that. Not themselves being churned, but themselves actually playing a part on how do we stay ahead. So this is going to be quite fascinating as to how Bayern, I guess, reshape in many ways, you know, especially with Oliver Kahn gone as well. So, I mean, do you have any final thoughts on just around the culture and, and the identity? And, and you mentioned how real important it is. And, it, and to many, that kind of stuff is soft factors, right? The winning is the... Right. It's all about winning, right? It's all about talent. It's all about this. But just, just any final thoughts on on the importance of that identity and culture, you know, within a football organization, and and two, how that how a sporting director imparts that in a way or has that ingrained in their own, in you know, inner workings, I guess. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a big question. Sorry. Well, it's a big question, but the answer to me, the answers are, are very straightforward. Um, if in sport, and I'm saying this as somebody who was fortunate enough to participate in sport as an athlete and to, to accomplish things, but then also somebody who now, you know, I mean, I, 140, whatever directors profiled winning is ruthless. You like, you have to choose to win. And if you choose to win, you choose a certain path. Uh, all the other clubs who don't win. And I'm just being candid. And if your club is in this category, I'm just telling you the truth. All the other clubs who don't win, it's because it's because they haven't chosen to win. Um, and that sounds like hyperbole, but you know what to do. If you're uh, the bottom of the Bundesliga and you're VFL Bochum, I uh, saw Stuttgart play um, HSV yesterday and I <laughs> was pretty ruthless. Uh, you know, like it, you, you know what you need to do, even if it's only incrementally to get to the next point of the journey. We can talk about finances. We can talk about managers. We can talk about tactics. We can talk about financial fair play. We can talk about all these things. Yet who you are determines your tenacity and your identity as a club determines your place. Real Madrid has a completely different um, tenacity than Schalke. Bayern Munich has a completely different tenacity and club identity than Borussia Dortmund. You know, one of the things I shared off, you know, off air before we started recording is that, and, you know, uh, I'll take into account, I don't hear or read or see everything. Um, Bayern wins, wins the title, um, let's just be honest, on a technicality. <laughs> And they're furious and they've made arrangements to not go into the offseason the same. They've made those arrangements. There is blood. Let's just call it what it is. There is blood. Somebody is at fault, right? Borussia Dortmund loses the title that they had in their control. And you don't hear or feel that same umbrage for a missed opportunity. There is loss. There is a sense of tragic loss, but things aren't changing fundamentally from the top. There's a reason for that. 
It's not in their club culture. It's not in their identity at the level of Bayern. And whether you want to say that's for better or for worse, it's a different conversation. I'm not necessarily trying to go there. But what I am saying uh, to answer your question is that you choose to win and you choose to win in certain ways, whether it's by being smart, whether it's in having the best resources and facilities and, and, you know, um, details. You also give yourself the opportunity through, I'm going to call it smart hiring, recruitment of the right people to give yourself a chance to identify what the future will look like. And for me, that's always a sporting director's route. It's part of his role. I mean, it takes on different um, emphases, if that's the best way of saying it, depending on what has transpired, whether you win the league, whether you win the Europa League, whether you have, you know, uh, transfer sanctions or bans or what have you. Things change, you know, they, they, they change on, on a very, very consistent basis. The sporting director consistently is the best person to communicate. And it's it's something to always think about when we talk about sporting directors. The best, the best sporting directors have a way of communicating that leaves little to doubt. Little to doubt. For me, the worst or the ones who are constantly churning, to use your word, or maybe more accurately treading water are the ones who want to have you only focus on the results. Um, I've said it before, and I'll, I mean, I'll say it as much as, as, as it in context. One of the reasons why I've always appreciated what Monchi has done in Sevilla is that he's communicated, not necessarily their strategy all the time, but he's communicated what they were trying to do, what worked, what didn't work. He's never going to give you secrets. I mean, why? <laughs> why would any of them ever do that, right? However, through the negativity, through the valleys, he owned he owned his failures. At the peaks, I think he's been mostly humble. Um, is that ideal for every director? Probably not. But what that communicates to me, and I shared a thread earlier this week, this week it, it communicates leadership. And in leadership, whether you're talking about a father of a family, whether you're talking about a small business owner, whether you're talking about the president or a chancellor of a country, or you're talking about an owner of a football club, if you cannot communicate with clarity what direction your club is going, or maybe even more importantly, where you are currently, you will continually box the air in frustration because you cannot get other people to understand where you want to go. If you cannot articulate where you are as a club, where you are in recruitment, where you are as a director, you cannot get, you cannot expect, cannot expect other people to willingly follow you. Past, you're paying them more. Past, you get to wear the badge of a certain club. So that's a long-winded answer, very long-winded answer. Uh, but it, like being a director, be, even being a manager, which is not necessarily um, you know as taxing when it comes to the future, um, future projection, future thoughts. You you have to be able to commute, communicate a vision that resonates with each individual person. The lady who feeds the players at the canteen, she has to trust you that you have the best best interest for your players at heart. Some will scoff at that and say it's about numbers and data and results and goals scored and, and, and clean sheets. 
you're wrong. Top top level sport is about relationship. It's about being able to communicate trust. And when you cannot communicate trust, when your players don't trust you, when your manager doesn't trust you, whatever the fans say is is just I I call it greased lightning. It's either going to make you accelerate into oblivion or it's going to accelerate you into making ruthless decisions, i.e. Bayern changing their leadership at the top. Nice no, key all, all those all those elements that you just mentioned there and even from you know the, the business background that we're both in um you can't measure things like trust and you can't measure things like culture but we know that they are intrinsically vital to a, a successful organization and i guess sometimes culture is i guess ingrained from the start because you know what you want it to look like but other times culture is organically grown as the organization moves on which i think is is sometimes a bit more dangerous but it feels very much like Bayern know what their identity is they know the culture they want to try and put in which is why they make the decisions that they make and which is why i guess they've been at the top of of, of football or at the top levels of football for so long right so it'll be fascinating to see how it plays out for Bayern and I guess some of the other clubs as well. And it's not just the top clubs. You see this across all clubs and it's always key to, to have that um, within them. So, you know, we'll be, we'll be touching on that over the coming weeks and we'll be touching on other sporting directors and other topics. We thank you as always for being here with us. It's, you know, it means a lot to us for you to be here and take your time. Um, well, take time out of your day to listen to us. And, you know, we'll hopefully see you on the next one. But as just a reminder, you can follow David on Twitter. I'll include his his handle in the show notes. Um, maybe he needs to change his handle to his favorite word, which is sublimate. I don't know. It might not be available, but we'll see. Um, but, but but also, um, you know, keep a lookout on, on Get Football media outlets where we cover European football, you know, and world football with news videos, opinions from some of the most plugged in analysts, you know, ac- across the football landscape. We'll include a link in the show as well to all of our outlets. And as always, you know, thank you for being here. Please give us a good rating if you can. And we will see you on the next one. Have a great day.